But today I want to talk to you about glory in the cross. Glory in the cross. We've been talking a lot about joy uh, in this coming year and about the joy of the Lord being our strength. And uh, I started to bring a message. I had, in fact, I'd written a few weeks ago, I was going to preach a message on maintaining the joy of the Lord. We, we preached the last few weeks on outside looking in. And we talked about how the, pro, the prodigal's brother was on the outside of the feast and on the outside of the party. And he was looking in and he could have joined in. He didn't really have a good understanding of his father's love. And I was going to talk to you about maintaining that joy. I really thought that was what the Lord wanted to bring, but I felt like this morning the Lord shifted focus. And I want to talk to you about glory in the cross. If you're like me, uh, the Lord maybe has been placing a cross on you the last few years and you'll know where I'm going. Maybe it's been heavy. There's been some heavy things in your life, uh, circumstances, different things going on in your life that feels like this heavy cross is upon you. I believe all of us the last few years with COVID, it feels like we continuously are going through like a Gethsemane where you get squeezed and, and it's like ugly comes out. You know, there was things inside you didn't realize that was there. Frustrations, aggravations, anger, lots of jealousy, rage, different things that it seems like as we're going through more, getting into more of the trials and tests that we're entering into, that it's exposing some things in our, in our lives. Maybe we're short tempered some things that we never realized that were there, but they're starting to show out, show that they're there. And I believe God is putting those out there purposely for us to see so that we can, uh, we can see what's in our lives. We can repent of those things. He can prune us. He can do such a work in our lives. And, uh, and, and so I want to talk about the cross today that maybe he's laying upon us. And I want to ask the question, do we glory in that cross? Do you despise that cross or do you take it as an offense or do you glory in it? And I'm hoping in 2023 that Brad Lindsay and this church will learn to glory in the cross because that's what the Apostle Paul learned to glory in. He said, I, I, I've learned to glory in that cross. And because in that cross comes supernatural life. In the cross is where supernatural power is found. And if, like, if, you, if you're like me, it feels like for the last uh, several years of Christianity in America, it's like we've tried to gimmick everything. We've tried to build churches on, on all of these strategies and ideas and, and, and all of these, this planning, like CEOs coming in and, and planning things. And if we could market that and market it like a franchise and copy it over here, we could grow a church and build a church and all those things. And, and, and we did so many things with all these fleshly uh, gimmicks, and, and so to say, that all of a sudden we, we've come to an end of all of that. And, and and, and, and we're finding out that that flesh leads us to nowhere, uh, really. It, it, no flesh will glory in, in, in Christ. And, and, so we're, we, and it definitely did not bring us to a supernatural walk. And God is wanting to bring us to a supernatural walk. How many we know, I've heard it out of our own mouths, we're tired of going through the motions. We're tired of what fleshly Christianity has brought us to. We're tired of what selfish, uh, pour, pouring into self. We've had all this uh, self, self, self self, self for so many years, and it's brought us into such a place of despair and such a 
place of hopelessness and such a place of just doom and gloom and such a place of where there's no supernatural power or life that's found. But at the end of the cross, the cross brings you to a place of victory. It brings you to a place of supernatural life. And, and I don't know about you, but in 2023, I would like to have a supernatural walk with God. I'd like no more Brad, no longer I, but it be Christ that lives in me. I want to walk in the Spirit, and I believe God can have that. I believe God wants to do that in our lives. And rather than making New Year's resolutions about, uh, about more self stuff, about uh, we're going to take care of this physical body and all of these foolish things that we're going to do and heap more on self, how about in the New Year that we, we, we bear up our cross and we allow the cross to do the finished work in us and to take us into a supernatural walk with God. So that, that's what I'm hoping that God will do in our lives. When we come to God, He calls us to be priests. He calls us to be a kingdom of priests. He calls us to be a royal priesthood, the church. That's what He calls us to do. And the purpose of our lives is to bring the mercy and grace and goodness and presence of God to humanity. And through the proclamation of the gospel, they taste, the world would taste and see that God is good. That's what we're supposed to do. That's what the church of Jesus Christ is to go into this world and to be this royal priesthood that takes the goodness of God to the world and they taste and see that God is good. I haven't seen that lately. I haven't seen that in America in a long, long time where the church goes out in that kind of royal priesthood likeness and goes out into the world and they taste and see that God is really good. And that's what I want God to bring us back to. Look at 1 Peter 2 and 9 and look in your Bibles at what it says. But you are a chosen people. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. God's special possession that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. A royal kingly power that he's called you into and, and, and you know where he just comes and makes us into something have you ever been around people like that you ever been around Christians that that uh, uh, where some are just seem like man there's just a heaviness about them like they're heavyweight champions you know you got your lightweights and then you got your heavyweights like like when they say things it just carries this weight to it when they pray when they when they don't want to say a lot maybe they don't say many words but when they say something it just carries something uh just weighty about it kingly about it a royal about it that it's just uh and then there's others that don't possess that that they don't seem to possess that kind of weightiness or that kind of uh uh, uh strength and, and, and heaviness about their walk with God, what, what would cause that? What do you think would cause the difference between those type two, two types of people? I believe that the difference is how much we value the cross. I believe the difference is how much we really, really value the cross because Paul was a heavyweight. Would you, would you not say that Paul was that type of person when Paul spoke that it had a different ring about it? Paul, when he came to the Galatian churches and other places, when he spoke about things, I mean, he could speak to a crowd that wanted to take circumcision and other things and add it to the gospel. But Paul understood the gospel of Jesus Christ and he came like a heavyweight, like a royal uh, priesthood and he came with this word of God and people listened to it because they knew he had something to say and it just carried this, this weight to it. And listen to what he says in Galatians six fourteen. He said, may I never boast. May I never boast in anything. May I never boast in the fact 
fact that I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. May I never boast in the fact that I'm a Pharisee of Pharisees. May I never boast in the fact that I have accolades on my wall. May I never boast that I have great intelligence. May I never boast that I memorize the Torah. May I never boast in anything, Paul says. All those things are dung except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ through which the world has been crucified to me and I and to the world neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything but what counts is the new creation. Paul said I'm only boasting in one thing and I think this is what will make the difference in 2023 in our lives. This is what makes the difference between certain Christians and other Christians is because they value the cross. They value the cross in their lives and you'll understand that in just a moment. But go with me to the Old Testament and I think they've got it on the screen. Number seven. And I want you to see an Old Testament example of a group of people that valued the cross. They valued the cross and because of that I think it made a difference in their lives. And I want us to value the cross this morning. I want us to not despise it or not look at it as an offense, but to embrace it and let it complete its work in our lives. Look at, look at number seven and one and listen to what this says. I never really saw this before until recently. Listen to what he says. When Moses finished setting up the tabernacle, he anointed and consecrated it and all the furnishings. He also anointed and consecrated the altar of the utensils. Then the leaders of Israel, the heads of the families who were with the tribal leaders in charge of those who were counted made offerings. They brought as their gifts before the Lord six covered carts, some translations say wagons, and twelve oxen and an ox from each leader and a cart from every two. These they presented before the tabernacle. Listen to this. The Lord said to Moses, accept these from them and that they may be used in the work of the tent of the meeting. Give them to the Levites as each man's work requires. So Moses took the carts and the oxen and gave them to the Levites. Why did God have to tell Moses to accept these, th- these gifts. Why, why in the world? It was almost like Moses felt unsure about receiving these. Well, one reason is because these were never commanded to be given. These were just given. It was almost like spontaneously from these leaders. They, they, they come up and it's almost like they're looking at the tabernacle. They're looking at the altar, which is a type of the cross. They're looking at the place where sacrifices are made. And in their, in their love and in their desire for the altar and for the cross and for the sacrifice... All of a sudden, they, they, they began to, uh, to, to, to give these uh, offerings to, to Moses and, and for the work of the tabernacle. And these wagons designed to carry these very important utensils and altar and tools that were going to be used to demonstrate the, the future cross of Jesus Christ. And these leaders esteemed the cross. They esteemed the cross. And here's the deal. Not every Christian treasures or esteems the cross. Not every Christian does this. Not every Christian uh, treasures it. Listen to what 1 Corinthians 1.17 says. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not with wisdom of, of an eloquence, lest the cross be, of Christ be emptied of its power. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, the cross is the power of God. Galatians 5.11 says this. Brothers and sisters, if I'm still preaching circumcision, why am I 
I still being persecuted? In the case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. Did you hear what he says? The cross to some is an offense. It, it, the reason it is an offense is because it stops all boasting. It stops all boasting from humanity. It stops us right dead in our tracks and makes us completely and absolutely dependent and reliant on God. It stops all flesh from boasting in the presence of God. It stops all of our intelligence. It stops all of our wisdom. It stops all of our strength. It stops all of our power. It stops all of our can-do attitude. It stops all of this and stops our own efforts and our own strength. And we have to trust in Him and Him alone. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Thee. Amen? How I've proven Him o'er and o'er. It brings us to a place where it stops all of our efforts and brings us to a place where we are completely and totally 100% dependent upon Jesus and Jesus alone. It destroys the I can attitude. Let me show you something about the cross. John 19, 16. I want you to see this with me. Look at what it says. Finally, Pilate handed him over to them to be crucified. So the soldiers took charge of Jesus. Look at the next verse. Carrying his own cross. You see that? He went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. Now look at the next. There they, John 19, there they crucified him and with him two others, one on each side and Jesus in the middle. Go to the next verse. Matthew 27, this is another account. And it says, And they were going out, and they met a man from Cyrene named Simon. And they forced him to carry the cross. They came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. Did you notice what took place there? Did you see what was being said in these passages of Scripture? The first two said that, they, that, that Jesus began to take up His own cross. And He began to take His cross and carry it. But then when you came down to Matthew 27, it began to tell us that there was a man by the name of Simon Cyrene. At a certain point in carrying this cross along the journey, Jesus became too weak. At a certain point along the journey, Jesus came to an end to Himself. At a certain point along the journey... Jesus broke under the weight of it and didn't carry it the whole way. And Jesus reached the end of his endurance. And that's exactly the place that Jesus Christ is bringing us to. He's bringing us to a place where he's bringing us to the end of ourselves. The end of our endurance. The end of, of everything of Brad Lindsay. A place where he's exhausted mentally, physically, and emotionally. He is unable to move. They are yelling at him, get up Nazarene, carry your cross get up put another step forward but he's done he's out and they tell Simon to come over pick up the cross and carry it the rest of the way he's done he's done he's out he's exhausted the cross is too heavy and, and, and why ask us to do something that he's unable to do. Why in the world would Jesus ask me to do something that he couldn't do? Why in the world would he say, deny yourself, Brad, take up your cross and follow me? Because if I take up my cross, Melvin, guess what's going to happen? It's going to do the same thing it did to him. Why in the world do I want to take a cross on my back if it's going to do that to me? It's going to crush me under the weight on it. It's going to put my face and my nose flat on the ground. It's going to crush me into the pavement. Jesus, you mean to tell me if I grab that cross and put it on my back, that's what's going to happen to me? 
That, you, that, that, that it's going to literally, if I follow your example, which you're telling me to do, you're telling me to follow this example, and this is the place that's going to lead me, it's going to lead me to the place where you are? What is Jesus saying that we actually must pick up and carry? What's he saying that we must pick up and carry in 2023 if we're to pick up his cross? A cross, listen to me, is anything, any relationship or person or circumstance that brings us to the point of crisis in our spiritual lives. Let me say that again. A cross is anything, any relationship or person or circumstance that brings us to a point of crisis in our spiritual life. How many of the last couple of years have been had a cross? How many of the last couple of years you've, had, you, you've, been, you've been brought to places in your walk? You've been brought to places in your journey where, where, where it brings us to a point of spiritual crisis. It brings us to a point where, where uh, it, a cross could be a difficult marriage. It could be uh, an unfulfilling job. It could, I hear people all the time, I hate my job. Oh, their people are so mean. They're, oh, the boss is so mean. And we keep complaining about an unfulfilled job. My job is so unfulfilling. My marriage is so unfulfilling. My, I'm in a season of loneliness like I've never been in before. You hear more and more people. I see it on their social media. I'm so lonely. I'm so lonely. Like, 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 like Elvis, I'm so lonely I could die. You know what I mean? Hey, did you just see in this loneliness family problems that are mounting, that are bigger and bigger and bigger. A cross could be family problems. A cross could be a temptation that keeps coming back and plaguing you over and over and over again. It's anything that brings you to a spiritual crisis. It brings you to a place where you say, I can't go on any further. I can't go on any further. Again, a difficult marriage, an unfulfilled job, unfulfilled ministry. How about that? Family problems, temptations. A cross is not meant to be carried. Listen, a cross is meant to crush you. Happy New Year. <laughs> it's meant to crush you. And Paul says it's an offense. And some of you are offended by that. And I've preached this a lot of times. And that's why a lot of empty seats. Because there's a lot of people offended by, the, by true Christianity. There's a lot of people offended by the cross. And granted, there's a lot of people out sick today. But there are people who are offended by this message. By the, by the, by the message of the cross. We don't want to hear it. We, we want to hear about strength today. We wanted to come to church on New Year's and hear about prosperity. We wanted to hear, come to church today and hear about how we're going from strength to strength and glory to glory. And we want to hear about all these things. But if you want to be led to the supernatural life for real, then you will come to a place where you, you, will, you will follow Jesus and you will come to a place where you do bear up your cross and you allow it to take you into this place of living, the life of another. Because Paul says it brings us to the life of another being lived inside of us. Listen to what he says in Galatians. Here's what he says in 2.19. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with cross, Christ. In other words, the cross has done its work and I no longer live, but Christ now lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Listen to what he's saying. He's saying the problem is that our flesh, in our flesh, we still think we can live a life that's pleasing to God. In our flesh, we still continuously try to live a life 
life that is pleasing to God. We mess up. We make these New Year's resolutions and then about five days into it, we've already failed God and we've already made a mistake. And what do we do? We start to muster up something in the flesh. Oh God, I promise if you'll give me one more chance, I promise I'll never do it again. Right? Oh God, and we begin to make these promises and we begin to do things to try to be a pleasing and acceptable to God. We begin to, uh, to get God, give me willpower. God, give me enough power to give my flesh enough power to overcome lust. Give my flesh enough power to overcome these things, to overcome our problems, to overcome our circumstances, to overcome temptation. Then we come to church and we hear promises read from the pulpit and we begin to latch onto those promises and we begin to think, uh, oh man, if I could, if I can latch on to that and we do everything in our power to latch on and try to fulfill that promise in our own strength. But God says that's not going to work. But then a cross gets laid on us. That's what he does when Brad continues to try to make those promises. He lays a cross on top of Brad. And all of a sudden the I can attitude and all of a sudden the promises of God, I'll do better next time. I promise I won't mess up again. I promise I'll do this. I promise I'll do that. Pick myself up by the bootstraps and he continuously lays a cross on us until finally it gets the best of us. And it drives us to a place, and man, Brad, Lindsay is hard to kill. It drives us eventually to a place of saying, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Kind of like Jacob wrestling with God. I'm done. It drives us to a place of saying, I, I give up. I can't do it anymore. My name's Jacob. My name is Brad. Uh, because, because this cross is never meant to be carried. And I've spent half my Christian life because we come into the deep south. And you know what I thought Christianity was? Being good. If I'm just good, if I'm just good, like my dad taught me all these morals growing up. And if I come into Christianity, I'm just a good boy, a nice boy, a nice guy. And I do these things. And that's Christianity. But friend, that's not Christianity. God could care less. Even the best that Brad Lindsay has is rotten in the sight of God. And so the cross is not meant to be carried. It's meant to crush that can-do attitude. Nothing in our flesh can follow God. It all has to die. And we're, 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 listen, we're not talking about self-denial because here's what I got into then. You know, it takes us into another place when we say, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow us. You know what? That usually causes us to start doing, I won't smoke. I'll, I'll, I'll try harder not to smoke. I'll try harder not to drink. I'll try harder not to curse. I'll try harder not to do this. And, and it's a rejection of unlawful and material things in, in willpower. But that's not the self he's talking about. He, we are talking about denying. Deny self. Deny self. Deny the whole self. Deny everything. To be brought to a place where you have absolutely nothing left. God, there's nothing left of me. There's nothing. That's denial of self. Nothing at all. Nothing to the cross I bring. They have never denied self. That's why a lot of people have not gone into this place of victory. That's why we need to come to the place where we are completely deny self. And we take up our cross and we follow Him. He's showing us how feeble through all this that our worthless, 
all of our striving and all of our efforts are, are and that the flesh profits nothing. And let me bring you to a place where I'll close in a minute where it brings us to. In Matthew 18, if you got your Bibles, go there because I want to show you what this brings us to, what the cross is bringing us to in doing this. Where, where is it taking us? There's got to be good news in this story of this cross crushing me under the weight of it and, and, and I no longer living and now Christ living in me. Well, there is good news. Here's where it takes us to. Listen to what the reality of our lives uh, are come to in the cross. Matthew 18, 3. And here's what it says. And he said, truly I tell you, unless you change, you got to change. God wants to change us, right? He wants to change us from the inside out. He wants to take the old and do away with it and make everything new. Here's what he says. He says, truly I tell you, unless you change, And become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of God. That's what the cross is doing right here. This is what the cross is doing to us. This is what the cross has been trying to do to Brad Lindsay for 20-something years. This is what Brookside Church of God has been one of my crosses. I love this church, but God has used it to kill me. Yes, yes, yes. And listen to what he says. He said, truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you'll never enter the kingdom of God, God uh, of heaven. This is right after the transfiguration. They've been up to the transfiguration, and guess what? They come down, and listen to what they say, what we do. Here, here's what they're arguing. Who's the greatest? Who's the greatest in here? Who's the heavyweight in here? Who's the best Christian in the room? Oh, I walked on water. Oh, I did this. Oh, I did that. Oh, one time I prayed for somebody. Oh, I've been on mission trips. I, I've been across the world and done all kinds of things. And all of a sudden, we, they're, they're boasting these disciples, leaving the mountain of transfiguration, seeing the glory of God. Now they're beginning to argue about who is the greatest. And all of a sudden, Jesus puts this little child right in the middle of them after all of this. And he says, something has to change. If you're going to be my disciples, if you're going to continue along on this journey, something has to change, and here's what it has to become like. And he puts a little child right there in the middle of them, and he says, my kingdom comes through a cross, and you cannot keep on living and walking like this because my kingdom does not come through your works, but my kingdom comes through a cross. And what, and what is a little child? What is a child like? They're dependent. I've got a grandbaby now, and it reminds me because I was too busy working Working and doing everything when I have my own sometimes that I've slowed down enough and I've watched this child can do nothing. 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 We change her diapers. You have to feed her. All these things. Everything. She can do nothing. Can't even put a pacifier in her mouth. You have to put her in the car. You have to do everything. And Jesus plops a child down in the midst of this, this group of disciples and says, unless you become like one of these, dependent on me for your provision, dependent on me for your protection, dependent upon me for your wisdom, dependent upon me for your direction, dependent upon me for, to fight your battles, fully Fully dependent on the Father for everything. This is where I'm trying to bring you disciples to this place. And it takes the cross to bring you here. I used to not like the cross. It was offense to me, right? I like me. But now I'm starting to like 
I'm starting to embrace the cross and glory in the cross. Because it's killing me. And more of him is being seen, right? More of him and less of me. And, 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 and it's bringing us to a place of dependency. No longer I. I don't have any good sermons to bring anymore. Really, this year has been so hard. I hadn't even wanted to come preach because half the time I don't have any good. I don't, have, I don't, even, want to, I don't even want to bedazzle you anymore. I, I, just, I don't even want to preach uh, something eloquent or impressive anymore. It's just like if, if, if this message doesn't work anymore, then what good is it? It's the cross and the cross alone. Amen? It's the blood. It's Jesus. If that doesn't excite us anymore, then I don't know what to do, right? And the cross is bringing us to a place of childlike dependency and uncomplicated devotion to the Holy Spirit. That's what the cross is doing. It's bringing us to a place of childlike dependency an uncomplicated devotion to God. A place where we literally jump into His lap, Abba Father, and we're dependent on the Holy Spirit for everything. We begin, that's what, that's what the last few years, I hope that's where it's bringing you to. I hope it's bringing you to a place where you can't figure it out anymore, where you can't get out of it anymore, where you can't take care of it anymore. You can't, if you haven't got there, wait on 2023, it's coming. But it's bringing you to a place of childlike dependencies where you say, God, it's not Washington anymore that I'm looking to for my substance. It's not Viva anymore that I'm looking to for my substance. It's not Brookside Church of God and tithe payers that I'm looking to for my substance. It's you, God. It's you. You're going to carry me through the future. You're going to take me through in the coming days. You're going to supply all my needs according to your great riches and glory. God, I'm dependent on you. You're my daddy. You're my father. If you see the birds of the ground out there, then you feed them and you clothe the lilies of the field, how much more are you going to take care of me and clothe me and feed me and carry me through stock market crashes and persecution and everything else that comes in the future? I'm trusting you. I'm dependent upon you like a child, like that grandbaby who has to have everything done by her daddy and mama. God, do that for me now. Amen? And then it brings us to a place. It brings us to that place where you say, I've got nothing left. I don't have another promise that I'm able to fix it. I have, no more resources. I have no more resources to hold a church together anymore. I don't. I don't. I have no more resources to hold people in this room. I don't. I've been, I just don't anymore. And, 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 and uh, it, God has to do it. And it just has to be a childlike dependency where I come to Him and I fling myself on the Holy Spirit and say, unless you give me the wisdom, unless you give me the direction, unless you give me the grace, unless you put your joy in my heart, unless I'm 100% dependent upon you, it has to be all you, God, in 2023. And there is no plan B. That's where the cross is bringing us to. I know this isn't an exciting New Year's message, but if you will embrace it, if you will embrace it and you will allow it to do its work, the cross to finish its work in you, then you will be able to say like Paul, it's no longer I who lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. And the life I live, I now live no longer in the flesh, but I live by faith in the Son of God. Amen. It's God living in me. It's God moving in me. It's God having His being in me. And it's it's His power. And we come to Him and we say, God, You give me the power. You give me the strength. You give me everything I need or else I die. 
It's you. It's all you or it's nothing. And so the big question that I bring you down to in closing is this, simply this. It's just a question I leave you with on this first day of the new year. Do you despise in the cross or do you glory in the cross? Do you despise in the cross or do you glory in the cross? Because I'm going to tell you what, we're drowning. There are people drowning in their crosses. And they're gasping for their last breath. I think I'm one of those people. Gasping for their last breaths of life. And, and, and seeing somebody gasp for air is not that, it's not that pleasant to see. But you got to get to the end of your own life before you can fully, fully, fully have the life of God lived out through you. And I don't know about you, but I want that more than anything. That's what I started this journey in 1994. I wanted it all or nothing. All or nothing. And somewhere along the way, you get off kilter and you start, you get off plan. But I want God to bring me back to the place where, where it's, it's all Him. Amen. All Him. Father, God, if it takes a financial cross, if it takes health situation to bring you bring us to the end of ourself and to our true calling God maybe there's a missionary here but God they're so tied up in their job and finances that they won't go into their true calling God and maybe a cross has to be placed upon them to get them to a place where they'll move into their true calling that you've called them to. God, I don't know what the crosses are. Maybe there's a, there's a, there are people that aren't truly sold out, God. Maybe their family is their idol. And God, you're laying crosses upon people, God, to bring us to the end of us and to bring us into the places that we need to be, God. Oh, Lord, help us in this coming year to embrace the cross. Help us to glory in the cross. Help us to see the benefit of the cross. And God, give us the grace to walk through it in this coming year. Hallelujah. 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 This will be our prayer. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna sing a song. And then I'm going to... But while we sing this song, this altar is open, but you can do it right in that seat right there where you're at, but I just want to know how many people, I bet you've never prayed this prayer. I bet you've never prayed for a cross. Would you be willing to pray for a cross? Say, God, let my flesh come to an end. God, let this cross do its work and bring me. I realize now I can't carry it. So let it do its work of crushing me and bringing to me to an end. And let me learn to glory in and embrace it. Because listen, it's not meant to destroy you, but it's meant to bring you resurrection life. And that's what I want in 2023 more than anything. Resurrection life living on the inside of me.